Hey kids, welcome to the Capital Life Podcast. I am your host, Abby Pagood. This is where we talk about all the things that life brings. The good, the bad, and of course, the healthy. Today's episode is bona fide solidarity. That is right, guys. We are going to be talking about all things bones. Because what else would be more appropriate than talking about bones in October? I'm just saying. It just makes sense. Skeletal everything. I think so. So that's what we're going to do. But before we jump in, I want to let you guys know that, you know what? We already are aware that seasons are changing and that holidays are coming regardless of what your religious affiliation is. It is about to be the time of gift giving. And I, what better way to gift give than with a capital health gift card. If you guys go to capitalhealth.com, K-A-P-I-T-O-L health.com, we now offer gift cards. So if you want to get one of your loved ones or a friend something, but you're not entirely sure what they would want from Capital Health, you don't know if it's the oils or the tanks or the t-shirts or even the awesome services. If you don't know, it doesn't matter. You can buy them a gift card today online. So go and check it out, capitalhealth.com. And guys, our October Capital Partner of the Month is Anissa from Restorative Function Massage. She is freaking whiz kid when it comes to all those talented fingers that she has. And holy crap, she she can really make you cry if you've got a place that needs some work in all the good ways. Because she'll make you, she might hit that tender, tender spot, but it won't be bothering you after she's done working on it. I'm just saying. from personal experience. So if you want to reach out to her to update and make sure your body is well taken care of, you can call her at 469-679-7898 or you can text her as well. But her her, uh, business name is Restorative Function Massage and you guys can also look her up on Facebook. She is wicked awesome. Okay guys, let's jump into bone health. So what I find really interesting is bone health affects all of us because, well, one, we all have bones, right? Yeah. So um, the interesting thing is, is we're looking into a fact of as we age, obviously, you know, our bone density usually gets profoundly worse. It starts decreasing. Did you know that worldwide, it is estimated that one in three women, and not this is not just a female thing, but one in three women and one in five men over the age of 50 will break a bone related to having osteoporosis. That's a big deal. Just let that sink in. We normally sit there and we think about brittle bones and how it affects, you know, our elderly as you know, the risk of falling and breaking something can be really, really bad. Now, if you are, as you're getting older, you're at a higher risk of fracturing and injuring yourself because you are, your bone density is decreasing as you're aging and over time. But one in three women breaking, having like literally breaking a bone because related to osteoporosis, that's freaking lot of people, man. Like that is a really, really high percent. And the fact that men are not really 
thinking about it because they promote it so much for females. One in five dudes, that's a lot of dudes. So I like to me, those numbers are not acceptable. And what's sad is that, and this is not like trying to scare you and freak you out. I know it's October and it is the season to freak people out. But it's really important for us to really pay attention to because what's worse is that I myself personally have been noticing a trend happening with our younger generations. We are having more and more younger generations being diagnosed with osteopenia. Now, osteopenia is basically like the pre-phase to osteoporosis, right? Osteoporosis is like your brittle bones. The bone density is too is not is not good. And so then you have to go in and get your like like your scan, your bone density scanning just to find out what your numbers are and make sure that they're not decreasing. So it's really important to make sure that you're staying on top of that. But a lot of people aren't going in and getting DEXA scans all the time. They're literally going in only because they seem to be, you know, set up for it or there has to, there's something going on with their system. But the worst part is, is that I'm having younger and younger people that are reaching out to me for advice because they've been diagnosed with osteopenia. And we're talking about kids in their 20s. Okay, guys, we're talking 20s, early 30s. It's becoming more predominant. And so that makes me really wonder, okay, what the hell is going on with just everything? Why are our bones? Is it because our we ourselves as a society is less active? Is it because we're um, we may be eating the nutrients, but are we having absorption issues? Right, we have more and more food intolerances that are existing in the world. More and more food tolerances mean you decrease your ability to absorb necessary nutrients, and those nutrients are one of those things that help replenish our body. And the other thing too is I don't know about you, but a lot of times when we're talking about bones, we're not thinking about that that is including our teeth, guys. Our teeth is in the factor in in the bone category. So if you don't want some like junked up smiles and some decaying like decaying teeth and rotting smells coming out of your mouth then you probably should be making sure that you're taking care of your mouth hygiene in addition to making sure that you're taking care of the things that are essential for bone health okay so we're going to jump into that today because a lot of times like you know, we're going to go through all of it. We're going to talk about the nutritional component. We're also going to talk about the exercise component to it because I don't think a lot of people understand that healthy bones is so strongly correlated to exercise and making sure that we're staying active. A lot of the people just think it's because it's just absorption of calcium, which is bullshit. It's not just about calcium. It's about other nutrients as well. So, you know, of course, I just said that calcium is bullshit, but it's, you know, we're just going to start with calcium first, okay? And I'm not, I don't want you guys to think that I, I'm saying calcium is bullshit. I'm saying the old school mind frame about calcium, where calcium comes from, where you get it from is BS. People think that because in order to get adequate forms of calcium, they have to absorb or ingest tons of dairy, which is crap, okay? A lot of times the fat content of the dairy and the fluctuate, dairy really affects our hormone levels, which ironically, we're going to be talking about some of the hormone stuff later. Um, So you're going to hear me talk about some hormone systems and how ensuring that we are taking care of our bones means that we're also dealing with some of those hormone systems. 
dairy will mess up a lot of our hormone regulation because there's so much crap in a lot of dairy these days. And we need to really pay attention to where calcium's coming from. You know, back in the day, calcium really was, um, we started having like in the 1920, I think it was like 1914, 1920, somewhere around there, a lot of children and, and the population started, ended up having forms of ricket right? Rickett became like the new pan- like um, epidemic and people were on edge because bone formation was not solidifying properly and it wasn't growing in the proper way. And so what ended up happening is we started fortifying, you know, milk with calcium and we started fortifying like with vitamin D and all of the things that you need for proper bone health. So that's where milk ended up being like the predominant um, consumption of most individuals to stay on top of their bone health. But what ended up happening is now people think that that's like the only source and it's not. So first of all, let's talk about calcium and what it actually does for your body. So one I just have to stress to you guys that if you are not getting enough calcium in your food, your body is going to take it from your bones, okay? So if you are lacking in calcium, your body is going to go to its storage bank, which its storage bank is the calcium in the bones. So if you are having to go to your storage bank in your bones, it's going to deplete your calcium from your bones, which then leaves your bones feeling brittle and lacking, hence a problem. Okay, calcium. When you're consuming calcium and you're getting forms of calcium, what does it actually do for your body? Well, one thing it helps with is regulating your nerve impulse um, and it's like reaction, re- reaction, which is huge, right? Like you think about like a car that has transmission and it gets you like, you know, I know nothing about engines, but if you t- sitting there thinking about how it gets you, like I always think of a stick shift, right? And like literally having to go through the different gears to get the engine producing properly and shifting into the right thing. It's to kind of doing the same thing with your nerves, your nerve impulses. You need them to be doing their job. Calcium helps ensure that um, transmission is actually being, is regulated and doing what it's supposed to be doing. Another thing that calcium does, it's really important, and a lot of people don't seem to give it enough credit, is muscle contraction. Muscle contraction, guys. That means like when you are readily needing to use your muscles to do things, right? You have involuntary muscles, you have voluntary muscles. But Muscle contraction is huge. So we really need to make sure that our calcium is doing, like, is where it needs to be because, hello, our heart is a muscle, guys. If you need your muscle to be contracting properly, your heart needs to be contracting properly to live, then you need to make sure that calcium is important. Another thing is regulation of hormone secretion. I'm going to say that one more time. Regulation of hormone secretion. So we've got a lot of kids today that seem to be put having some hormone issues. And when I mean hormone issues, I'm saying we're getting a lot of, you know, strongly developed children a little earlier than we had anticipated them developing, if you get what I'm saying, right? That has to do with hormone secretion. It has to be do with hormone regulation. That has to do with all of that. So we really need to make sure that the calcium form that we're getting in our body is not bucking up with our hormone regulation. And I'm just going to leave it at that. 
one of the other things that I find very important is we don't, we underestimate our teeth. And I said this earlier because, you know, when you're in the dating world and you're trying to like get out there and find the person that you're going to be with, you know, sometimes it doesn't mean that you have to have like a really pretty set of teeth, but you definitely need to have one that doesn't smell janky, right? You want, you know, someone, you want somebody to kiss you and, you know, want to be kissed, right? So I'm just saying when we are focusing on our hygiene and especially when it comes to our mouth and our bones and our, our teeth are included, Calcium helps form teeth and bones. So don't underestimate what goes into, uh, you know, healthy teeth. Calcium. Calcium. We're also going to say one of the last thing that calcium really is awesome about is it actually acts as a cofactor for enzymes. Now, enzymes are, you know, they're like the they're like the firing squad to help you absorb things or get things going in the right direction, right? Like they're, they're spark in the system to keep things in, in, in gear, right? So you have enzymes that like actively break down things so that we can actually absorb them. Like, you know, lactose enzymes, actually lactase enzymes break down lactose, right? So if we are having, you know, calcium is affecting acts of cofactors that is basically are influential to enzyme production and enzyme b- performance, that is a really big deal. We don't actually really think that calcium does that much, but it really does. Last but not least, last but not least, I, I'll get words out at some point today. Um, we really need to focus on, hey, what are the forms of calcium? Well, it's easy. It's beans. It's leafy green vegetables. It's broccoli. It's almonds. It's turnip. It's rhubarb. It's tofu. And then, of course, you've got your dairy. But it's not all dairy products, guys. You can do plenty with leafy green vegetables, broccoli, almonds, things, and beans. Like, dude, that's like huge. It's freaking huge. Okay, next we're going to go into vitamin D. Now, the reason why we bring up vitamin D when it comes to bone health is because if you don't have enough vitamin D in your system, then the calcium that you consume is not readily going to get absorbed, which means then it's kind of like you put all this effort into consuming the right food, but then if you didn't have the vitamin D in check, then you're kind of at a loss and you're not really absorbing all that. So that's why I call vitamin D the exister. It needs to exist in your system to get it all in there, okay? So vitamin D, what does vitamin D do? Well, it helps with gene transcripts, right? So like, you know, the genes to which we are made up of and it has to do with, you know, where we come from, you know, kind of like that playbook that influences our genes and keeps it going. So I don't know about you, if you're, you know, really wanting to have the good come out, just make sure that you're getting enough vitamin D. Um, we it, it also increases calcium uptake and uh, maintaining our serum calcium levels. So it's not just about increasing our calcium absorption. It also is about maintaining our calcium levels so that they are, you know, staying where they need to be. Um, There's also cell differentiation. I can't overstay that word right, but I appreciate you guys not laughing too hard at me when I say that. So that just has, that has to do with our cells doing 
the different acts that our cells need to do to replicate, to grow, to expand, to do its delivery system, you know, because really like our whole body is really just like a huge corporation where there's, you know, 20 different departments and each department has their secretaries and their runner monkeys and their system programmers and all of that stuff. And that like our body is very much like that. And we don't think of that there's that many systems, but there's more than that. There's more than just 20 different systems. There's more, there's so many different corporations. Like our body is like a corporation and then we filter into different things. And that's what we need. That's our cells. Our cells are those little baby runner monkeys that are doing their job. But it also, more importantly, helps with our immune system, right? Our immune system is huge, especially today when we're having all these mutant viruses that are going around everywhere. Like we look around and we're sitting there like, oh, dude, colds are not just basic colds these days. They are mutant like colds. They are mutant viruses. They are, you know, like even RSV this year is 10 times worse than it was. We are starting to add more symptoms to illnesses. Eventually, it's going to be like every single freaking thing that's out there has the same damn symptom and it's going to be harder for us to tell the difference between the two. So it's really important to make sure our immune system is functioning at its best so that we can really get on to stay on top of it, get over the hump and actually stay healthy. Vitamin D also helps regulate glucose tolerance, guys. That is huge, okay? Glucose tolerance. Glucose is like sugar, guys, right? So it's like when we when we eat like a carbohydrate, if we're eating, you know, we have sugar sources that provide our energy, right? Now, the problem is, is that when glucose gets introduced to our body, if our tolerance level to the glucose, it can create really adverse reactions like with our insulin levels, okay? And the other thing that's really important is we have to make sure that our body's susceptible to you know, to glucose and making sure that it's actually reacting the way that we need to. And lately, we've been having a lot and lot more um, glucose deficient individuals that are having, you know, they're having a really hard time or adverse reactions to glucose. And so then that's where we start getting diabetes and other things that start coming into play. So ensuring that you're getting enough vitamin D levels to help regulate your glucose levels is a huge, um, huge part of just making sure that you feel okay. Because I mean, I don't know about you, but you've seen some people when their sugar levels are not right and they get hangry. Like, and we're talking hangry quick. That is not pretty. And I don't really like dealing with people like that. So I don't think you should either. Last but not least, vitamin D helps regulate, and uh, bear with me, it's renin and gottesnenslin. <laughs> I can never say this word. I Like, I see it in my head, and then I say it. It's one of those words where you're just like, I'm not even going to try. It's like angiotensin. Like, it's a hormone system, guys. It's a hormone system. Let's just say a hormone system. It helps regulate a hormone system that is responsible for blood pressure and fluid, electrolyte balance, all of that awesomeness, okay? Now, when I sit there and I sit, like say, hey guys, blood pressure, fluid, electrical, like your electrolyte balance. You know, a lot of us aren't really looking at, we're, we hear that and we say, oh, okay, that's nice, da, 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 da. But really when you think about, guys, 
When people are stressed out, what happens? Their blood pressure goes freaking psychotic, right? Their blood pressure ends up they struggle with blood pressure. Blood pressure, high blood pressure can give you massive headaches. It can actually make you act very on edge, very erratic. And you're like almost to the point where it's almost like you've gone manic and ballistic on people, like when it gets way, way too high. So it can actually really affect a lot of your mood reactions to things. So, I mean, if you think about it, making sure that your blood pressure, especially when stress, when stress levels are an all-time high, the number one thing to watch out for is the blood pressure. So regulating blood pressure is huge when it comes to stress levels. The other thing too that I don't think enough people are paying attention to is that right now, a lot of the most popular things that are available are things like oxygenated water or doing, you know, even the oxygenated um, booths that they like have where you can like go to the oxygen bar, right? And there's a lot of like promotion for increasing, like basically being more self-aware about where electrolytes are, right? We're constantly promoting to kids, you know, of Gatorades and Powerades post sports activities. And that's a lot of that's to make sure that your pH levels are being uh, like being um, up to date and making sure that we're staying on top of ourselves. But it's also making sure that our electrolyte balance is existent, right? Because our, when, when those things are not working, it can really affect our performance and our focus. And so when we're consuming vitamin D, we don't even really realize that that is a huge contribution. And a lot of people are sitting there pouring tons and tons of money into their oxygen, oxygen infused water or their electrolyte balance. And they're not even realizing that one of the key things that help regulate that in the first place is vitamin D. So how do we get vitamin D? Well, you can find it in egg yolk. You can also find it in oily fish like salmon and sardines and mackerel. I don't like sardines and mackerel. That's disgusting. I, I don't any, know anybody that can eat. Well, actually, I do know my mother-in-law. She can eat that stuff. I, um, I just can't. I love salmon, though. Salmon is huge, but some people are not so fishy. So, okay, if you can't eat eggs and you can't do the, the salty fish, what else is there? The sun. Just go out into the sun. And it does not take a lot to go a long way. It could be as simple as just basking in the sunlight for just a couple minutes a day. Just go outside and get that done. All right. Next, we're jumping into magnesium. I call magnesium the regulator. And why do I call magnesium the regulator? Well, because it helps regulate a lot of things, guys. It's like really, I mean, it basically regulates like your vitamin D and your calcium. So like it's a huge contributor. It assists in carbohydrate metabolism. Hello, did we just not talk about glucose levels? Where do you think glu- glucose comes from? Carbohydrates, guys. Carbohydrates. Do you like carbohydrates? Do you want to continue eating them? Do you want to metabolize them properly? Then fix your magnesium levels. That is all. Assist in Fat metabolism. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Fat metabolism? Yes. Making sure not only are your carbs being regulated through like carbohydrate metabolism, but also fat metabolism. Damn, magnesium, they do a lot of shit. But it all, oh my God, dude, even DNA and protein synthesis. 
It is freaking huge. Dealing with your DNA genes. Are we getting a theory here, guys? I feel like we're getting a theory of like genes, DNA, production of the body, all things vitamin D, calcium, magnesium, guys. I think we're totally onto something here. We even have um, your transportation for like cell membranes and going back and forth. So we remember we talked about how the body is kind of like a corporation. And from that corporation, we've got like our, our systems. And then you've got your little mini offices within the systems. So that also would have to do with like the basically the communication between like those cell membranes, guys. So like those different offices needing to communicate and talk to each other and being able to intertwine, that is huge. We even have cell migration and wound healing. Magnesium helps with wound healing. That is really a a really smart thing for us to understand, especially if you're going through like a surgery and you have to fix yourself or if you fell or get in a car accident and God forbid, like busted yourself all up. Magnesium helps with that healing process. What I find the most intriguing is that magnesium is not always looked at as a thing. Like you have calcium magnesium supplements, but I don't think people realize that magnesium is actually responsible for nearly 300 essential metabolic reactions in the body. Did you hear that? Nearly 300 essential metabolic reactions in the body is relied all on magnesium stores. Okay. I have a lot of times that clients come up to me because, you know, they're getting a cramp in their calf or something when they're sleeping or they're having like an involuntary eye twitch or something like that. Right. A lot of times what people don't realize is when you jump into an exercise program and you haven't, let's say you haven't, you've been a couch potato before and you're not used to that level of activity, your body actually draws on magnesium stores in that new like adventure and process, your magnesium starts start being, becoming depleted, which then can cause a muscle spasm. A lot of people back in the day, I don't even know how pad, potassium got the rap for it, but they, you know, they always said, oh, it's potassium. That's, you're not, you don't have enough potassium. No, actually what we don't have enough of is magnesium. And we need to do a better job making sure our body has that because, you know, Magnesium is actually primarily found in the skeleton. And what's what's interesting is that it's it's not only found just in the skeleton, but it is also found in skeletal muscle. So we really need to make sure that our bones have the magnesium it needs to be healthy and also our muscles have the same as well. But of course, how do we know if we're eating enough magnesium? Well, are you eating enough whole grains and almonds and hazelnuts and peanuts and cashews and green leaf uh, green leafy vegetables or soybeans even avocados dude avocados have magnesium bananas bananas they have magnesium apricots and apples apples are huge right now guys i just made a whole big batch of freaking um apple cider and i you know my kids are demolishing that so at least they're getting enough magnesium. You can also do lima beans. I'm not a fan of lima beans. Molasses, right? Molasses usually goes great in some ginger snap cookies. I'm just saying, just an idea. Um, even pumpkin seeds. Uh, where do we get pumpkin seeds? I don't know. Go grab a pumpkin from the grocery store. Cut it open, carve it, have a whole bunch of fun, keep your seeds and like cook them because they're, they're, they're super yummy. Just make sure you soak them first because then they don't like, uh, break down, the shell doesn't break down properly. I'm just saying, like, 
just an idea. Um, and then sesame seeds, halibut, navy beans, black beans. So think about it. Beans, veggies, nuts. Done. I think that, that that's good. If you are finding this helpful and insightful, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and YouTube at Capital Health. You can also come visit us at CapitalHealth.com. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health.com to subscribe to our newsletter and get all of your fun new updates. But even more importantly, you can even go to thecapitalhealth.com and sign up to be a guest on The Capital Life because that is something I would love to do with you. So go to the website, select Become a Guest, and sign up to come be a guest on The Capital Life so that you can have your voice heard. Last but not least, we're going to jump back in and we're going to talk about exercise for healthy bones, okay? A lot of people don't actually realize, they underestimate how much exercise affects your bone health, okay? The interesting thing is, is that they usually, bone health strength usually hits its peak around the age of 30. After that, your absorption of calcium starts to deplete. And I believe it depletes by about 30% of your intake. So when you're consuming calcium and you, um, you're like, and you've already hit your 30s and above, you're only absorbing like you're actually reducing your absorption ability by I think like it's I think it's somewhere around 30% um, decreasing. Now, I will warn you that if you are a smoker, guys, smokers actually are supposed to not be absorbing calcium. Something about the chemicals and the nicotine and whatever, it actually blocks like your susceptibility to calcium. So it's really important for people that individuals that are smokers to be aware that, you know, participating in some of those habits, you know, although, you know, you think it's assisting with stress levels or whatever, you know, whatever reason that you're, you're doing that, the sad thing is it actually decreases your calcium absorption and sets you off bad. So if you were a smoker in your youth and then you decide to quit, you know, in your twenties, Hey, at least you still have time to make up for the damage. But if you are a smoker that like goes well into your thirties and forties, then you might be setting yourself up for some, some bigger issues down the road that you may not have even thought about. Um, but by all means, you know, it's not all about the nutrients. It really also has to do with demands on the body. So, um, you know, bones are constantly changing, you know, over time. They have different, they're breaking down and reforming. This process is actually known as like bone remodeling, okay? In, the, in that actual process, you have small areas of bone tissue that are continuously removed and new bone tissue is deposited, so when when children are growing up, the bone growth, um, basically, it's like you get the width and the length as the body grows. But later in life, you're not your your body can the bone growth can actually enlarge and get wider, but it doesn't necessarily get longer. You hit like your peak. But the interesting thing is, is you're thinking I'm sitting there thinking about bone remodeling, right? Well, part of the reason why the bone is remodeling, it's like it's, it, it, I kind of look at it as like filtering out, right? It's getting rid of the bad 
bone tissue that doesn't need to do and then replacing it with improved tissue. Well, part of the way that that is effective and the way that your bones stay most efficient is making sure you have proper proper muscle mass on your bones. So if you are somebody that does not have a lot of muscle mass, you are actually not creating the pressure that the bone actually needs to help kind of regenerate and regenerate itself. Muscle mass actually puts this... Um, it's almost like putting it through this firm pressure um, onto the bone, which actually helps it in its filtrating out process. And um, really, actually, you know, it really helps with, you know, bone regeneration and making sure that your body is doing that. Um, when you are having somebody that is in osteoporosis or even starting osteopenia, the way that you actually work through to try and maintain the whole purpose is to gain muscle mass and maintain muscle mass down the long haul so that your DEXA scan does not decrease and get worse. So that is why the number one exercise type that is recommended with people that are suffering from osteoporosis or has been diagnosed with osteopenia is body weight exercises. Now, a lot of us don't realize how much our body weight carries a very large load. We're always standing up and walking with the load that we carry, but we don't actually realize how much our body weight is and how much it actually does affect us. So even just trying to get on the floor right now and hold your a plank for a full minute, you will be learning very quickly how your body weight can become very taxing to carry. Now, the good thing is, is that you don't need much. It's not like you have to go and get the weighted vest. Some people have done that, which is tremendous, and I applaud them for being that committed to wear weighted vests as they're going for their walks. But it's also things of just doing exercises that require you actually taking your body weight load and forcing yourself to do exercises with that, whether that be hip raises or hip, you know, side hip raises or holding planks or doing, you know, a shoulder touch or things of that nature. But it's very important for you guys to participate in body weight exercises so that you can maintain that health, healthy bone um regeneration, that the healthy bone remodeling that our body naturally does, especially when we have proper muscle density on our body. Thanks for joining me today on the Capital Live where we talk about all the things. Join me next Saturday at 5.30 as we're going to talk about spooktacular tips to keep you squared. We don't want to get all crazy with the holidays coming up. And I know some of my clients have been really freaking out about some of the things that are coming up. And so instead of, you know, struggling with that mindset, I thought, why not we talk about all of those things ahead of time so you don't spook and psych yourself up with all of our fun upcoming events for the holidays. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and all of the podcast platforms. That way we are everywhere that you need us to be and you're learning all the things you need to do to have the best capital life that you can. Remember to take care of yourself because you're somebody's everything. Take care, guys.